everybody um welcome to the new episode of uh, everything design show um so today um we have a special guest we have uh, angela ng and i've actually met uh known angela ng angela about for maybe about uh, a year or so and she she got introduced to uh, us at sit and uh, the glasgow school of art um and she started teaching uh, and her background is um, actually in uh, comms, uh, marketing. She's, she's got a wide range of, of experiences. That's why we, we thought that she was great to come and teach our communication design students uh, last year. And the feedback that we got so far was uh, quite positive. So, um, you know, I just invited her today and just to share a little bit about what she's been doing. And I think um, the work that she's been doing is quite uh, quite interesting you know looking at design thinking uh, she also writes books um, she, you know she's been looking at this whole uh, idea of um, understanding emotions or delving uh, diving deeper into this whole topic of emotions but I shan't go on too long uh, why don't uh, I'll just let Angela uh, give a quick introduction of herself and then um, you know uh, I'll, I'll go and shoot uh, shoot some questions at her later on. But yeah, yeah. So, uh, Angela, hi. Thank you for coming. Hi, hi, Nick. Thanks yeah, yeah, for yeah. having me. Yes, Hello, yes, everybody. Yes. Hello. Um, yes. Yeah. So I do a self introduction of myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself, and then um, um yeah, you know, uh, yeah. So a quick introduction, yeah. Okay. So I spent twenty years in corporate uh, advertising and marketing industry. My role in the corporate was actually as a media strategist. I actually study consumer behavior, understand uh, their behavior, and actually strategize advertising, marketing campaigns towards them. And I've kind of been all around from the agency to the vendor to the client side. So I've been kind of like 360 in, in all the different roles. And um, during that 20 years, um, I, what I've used the process is very much a design thinking process except that we applied it very specifically to communications to actually design communication messages to actually design marketing campaigns. Yeah, so that's uh, my background uh, coming from the comms industry and, and yet applying uh, design thinking for about 20 years uh, in, as part of my work. Yeah, yeah. great. I mean, um, so I think that that, that white that 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 a long sort of experience uh, the 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 wealth of experience that Angela has I think is something that we've uh we've always been uh, very excited about especially in terms of what she can share with the students but the other aspect of apart from not just that comms because when we talk about comms uh, or marketing there there is usually um quite uh um I wouldn't say uh, there are quite standard procedures like in that sense, right? There's a school of thought, you know, that, that looks at advertising, marketing and communications. Um, but it's very interesting to sort of see how 
um, a newer, I wouldn't say a very new, but a newer school of thought in terms of design thinking uh, is also being applied within the, the advertising, the, the, the comms world. But I think Angela also has been working um, a lot in understanding people's behaviours, you know, behavioural science, uh, behavioural economics to a certain extent, um, and as well as, um, you know, th- looking at this whole idea of, 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 of emotions. Um, but maybe, you know, Angela, why don't you tell us about, um, you know, how did this, this journey of design thinking uh, start for you? You know, I mean, looking at back at yeah. your, 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 your experiences and then that, that's, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a big shift, but that slight shift, you know, into this design thinking yeah. world that we have, yeah. Yes, yeah. So, um, it started out um, as a media strategist. We actually process a lot of data. We work with the research houses like AC Nielsen, where they provide us with uh, consumer uh, data in terms of their behavior, in terms of their media consumption, in terms of um, even you know how they purchase uh, their psychographics, uh, demographics, all sorts of data. So we actually use this data. Uh, we first study and segment the consumers, and then try to understand, you know, get some insights out of it. And along that, sometimes all these um, secondary data is not sufficient. So we will conduct our own focus group to actually get into in-depth understanding of the consumers and then design the campaigns for them. So if you look at this process, it's very similar to design thinking. Mm. But of course, back 20 years ago, we don't call it design thinking. And I think we... So it is a slightly different terminology and design thinking now has actually developed or evolved into more specific steps Mm. in that. And if you look at marketing and advertising, a lot of times uh, to create the kind of experiential um, messages for consumers or to create the kind of experience for consumers, um, it actually involves a lot of emotions. Mm. So I personally believe that emotions drives experiences it is in the emotions that we create or the emotions that we are, we, are, we are able to evoke that experiences are being created. If you just process or give an information as in a very factual manner, you may not be able to generate the desired experiences that you want. So this is why I got really interested and intrigued with emotions because I realized that it plays such an important and big part in our life, not just on a personal level, mm. but for the work that I've done for the past 20 years, it mm. has been a big part because the, the better the, or the more successful campaigns are usually the ones that are able to evoke emotions uh, very, very well. Yeah, um, and I think these emotions. I mean, I think you 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 dis- you you talked about it quite um quite succinctly to say that actually the experiences, um, are are very very strongly connected to this whole um idea of emotions, and yeah. you know I think you know when we buy things you know or even now you know consumer culture we have this whole yeah. thing of you know uh FOMO right fear of missing out yeah. um or you know they talk about hurt mentality. Um, or, or now even when we, we sort of see um, um, you know people buying um, you know hoarding things maybe even you know, today you know yeah. I, 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 I'm scared therefore I buy more so, so the emotions yeah. definitely um, you know definitely does play a part like, especially in terms of um, you know purchasing and um, yeah. what we deciding what we buy um, but I, I'm sure you, you you're, in your experience you've also seen it um, seen emotions being applied in um, other fields, right? Not just advertising or or, or uh, consumer culture or you know purchasing. What are some of these other areas that you've you've yeah. seen design thinking or emotion playing a very key role? 
So a lot of the uh, the lectures I'm doing now on design thinking actually are applications into the service industry. Mm. So service industry is big on actually how to design the service to provide a certain good experiences to the customer. Mm. Um, I mean hotels, right? I mean so you have your wide range of uh, hotels from the super basic to the super luxury, and if you look at the super luxury um, brands. It is actually all about the the experiences that they actually bring to the table and tasks they are able to command a, a better premium uh, in terms of the charges uh, that, that that was being um, the pricing that was actually being put on the services. Yeah, so uh, it is the same for luxury products as well. So even when it comes to product designs, I mean, um, just designing a good product, it. Uh, itself is just um, spec specifications and technology but how that product uh, what kind of role that the product plays in the consumer's life and what kind of experiences it enhances the consumers on a day-to-day basis that experiential itself uh, differentiate products from products A to products B and this is why uh, even though very functional products such as a bag a handbag you know you can see the the price range uh, varies uh, purely because of the branding, but it's not just the branding, but also because of the kind of experience that is being created by the brand that is packed to certain um, uh, fashion products, jewelry products, and in fact, all sorts of products um, that that is in our day-to-day life, like even kitchen products, hmm. right? And there are certain, uh, yeah, <laughs> I saw that, that's yeah, why kitchen, it reminded yes, me. There are certain yeah. kitchen products that actually brings uh, certain promises to the consumer in terms of better cooking experiences, in terms of better uh, after-sales services, and how it actually enhances a person's um, a lifestyle in terms of being a more efficient cook, uh, or even just a family cook that actually can, is able to serve restaurant-like food. So all those are part and parcels of a product's design that brings about certain experiences to the consumer and all these experiences if you think about it um, that we talk about like efficiency you know comfort uh, uh, a, a sense of uh, bewilderment all these are actually packed to emotions so emotions is at the fundamental of all this design yeah so um i mean i think emotions is also discussed um i think there, there have been a few design thinking um, speakers uh, and and um, people that talk about emotion from a, a self, you know, a perspective of self, like how do I design better for myself or for the people around me? But wh- where you're coming from is really uh, we're driving this whole idea that um, you know businesses and services looking at ex- experiences. They're also looking at um, you know the different facets, right? You're 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 saying yeah. that I don't just create a product. Right, but I create um, multiple layers to that particular product, you know, and from yeah. the back end all the way to the front end, you know, there's a lot of different uh, there are different different points and touch points that you can see how these emotions are um, being considered, right? As well yeah. as um, not so being so. I I kind of like to simplify things, and to me, the world is very simple now in the sense that it's either you are designing for computers you know, for technology, that means that actually your programming enhance um, the data, the digital, the technology functioning of um, the, the, the digital world that we're living in, or you're designing for human beings. Mm. And as long as your business, your products, 
whatever that you're doing is actually dealing with human beings. And at the core of human beings that differentiate us from the computer is actually really our emotions. Mm. Do you see, so with this differentiation, do you think, I mean, I agree that there are two, when it comes to design thinking or even design in general, there are two uh, quite big, um, I would say facets are also or, or, or two different areas. Like one is the UI UX digital that you mentioned, yes. right? And then the other one is this this um the other aspects the, the experiences the services. Um, is it hard? I mean, based on what you've seen so far, uh, is it hard to separate the 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 both the two of them, or are you seeing um organizations do quite well in integrating both of them? And you know, yeah. I think, I think organizations need to integrate in order to actually uh have a notch up and actually um kind of function in kind of ahead the curve. To be to stay competitive, hmm. um, because if you look at UX, UX actually itself is talking about experience. So you're actually it's a kind of experiential design. So hmm. you do need to take the consumer into consideration. But maybe UI when you talk about programming, the coding and all that, then it is the back end support. Hmm. So that needs to be on par. That needs to catch up as well in order to deliver the kind of fine experience that we want to deliver to the consumer. Um, if I'm not sure if you remember how, how long have we have the internet? Maybe twenty years. We have the internet for about twenty years. Year two thousand, I remember. Mm. Yeah, and when it first came on, there were a lot of problems. You know, things that we we thought it could do, it cannot do. So that causes a lot of frustration. Mm. But then it has evolved so fast into even now we can have internet on our smartphones. Mm. So you know, the better the back end, the technology evolve. Of course, it will then um be able to bring about better enhancement. Of the experiences. Hmm. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I think there, there, there have been quite a few uh companies that you know do do both quite well. The overall experiences, yeah. as well as their digital. Um. But but for me, what I actually what I notice is that um a lot of companies want to go and do digital, but mm. they don't actually figure out their experience site well enough like they haven't yeah. yeah i noticed that a lot of com- like there are some companies that they 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 they, they rush to go into do digital yes. but yeah i, don't, I yeah, yeah don't i agree do so much of that yeah mm. yeah so so many companies because they want to catch on the digital wave right so because everything is about digital now so let's go digital but we forgot that digital is supposed to be a support and enhancement to the human experience life. Yeah. So if you are doing digital for the sake of doing digital and without actually thinking of how it can actually bring benefits mm. to the human life, then it becomes a, a redundant technology or a process that you are creating. Just like um, you know, when we start to promote digitalization, many organizations actually shift want to shift very quickly to digitalization by introducing certain technology, certain mm. software. And I have this feedback from organization, business, and even uh, some of my students who are who actually work in service organization. They they feel a lot of frustration. They feel a lot of resistant mm. adop- adapting or using the CRM mm. system that was being introduced uh, to them by the company, because uh, the system seems to actually uh, make their work less effective or efficient mm. than uh, what it was supposed uh, to do. So there have been many discussion to actually uh, fine tune the system, in order to bring it to become something that that is of useful to the organization. So it is really important to actually design the tools with human in mind, 
and not just rushing to do digitalization for the sake of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think, I mean, you, you've now been teaching um, design thinking, um, you know, through a lot of uh, the adult learning, uh, mm. adult learning courses, you know, and you teach, um, I think mm. you, you teach in a, a few institutions and you've been doing like TED Talks as well. You've been, um, you know, doing for, uh, you've been, you've been, um, you've been speaking at a few workshops as well. So, um, you know, based on your experience so far, um, and this whole um, understanding the, the user's experience, defining the experiences, um, how do you get your, 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 your stakeholders, your students to really start defining these emotions and these experiences? Is there, is there, you know, is there a trick or is there, not say a trick, but is there a tip that you can, you can, you can share to say that you know, this is how I, I get my stakeholders to really sit down and define these emotions? So um, one of the things that I taught is actually to actually start building an emotional vocabulary list. Mm. It is really important because um, many times, let's say if you design something and, and I ask the designer, so what kind of emotions do you want to evoke in the consumer when they actually interact or use your design? They, they are actually struggling with emotional words to describe the experience. Right? So they will say, oh, feel good or feel positive or make them feel happy. But then I would push, always push them a bit further and say that how happy, what do you mean by happy? You know, because they feel pleased, they feel satisfied, it's a kind of positive feeling. As versus they feel excited, you know, they feel um, um, exuberated. All these are also positive feelings, but on different intensity. Mm. So the more precise you are able to actually label the emotions, the better you are able to create the design to, to actually really bring out the emotions because you become very specific about it. So for a start, I always encourage all designers to be specific about the emotion, mm. but that they need to start actually developing a list of em emotional vocabulary mm. and emotions are actually basically split into six big categories okay. if you look at the research so based on the six big categories there are actually different intensity the categories combine to create different emotions so it is good for us to actually start from there to actually kind of understand the emotion we will and all the different spectrums of emotions that we can actually have as a human being Mm, yeah, and when when you're when you're talking about these specific emotions, I actually you know when you 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 talk about it, I can imagine you know if 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 I was trying to, um you know bring in a customer right uh, to my business or my organization or to understand my design outcomes, you know when you you say oh somebody who's excited you know exuberant versus somebody who's pleased, because when I think about that that actually means you're also trying to either bring in uh, a customer quickly, you know, to, to say, I want this person to be very excited about my product to make a quick purchase decision rather yeah. than somebody who, uh, rather than um, if I want somebody who's pleased to understand um, my, my product very well, very clearly to make a conscious decision. And I could imagine that, you know, if you were a different type of company, right, if you were selling, let's say, fashion items, then mm. the emotion that you want to bring your, your customers on is, you know, maybe the excitement a little bit more. Yeah. But if you were maybe a bank or an insurance company, then the emotion that you're trying to, 
um, foster from your client is not something of exuberance. You don't want them to just be very excited about something and then the passion sort yeah. of falls off, right? So I, I mean, um, you know that that sounds like 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 it's a uh, it's it's you know, it's very important when we talk about, yes. you know, defining the emotion very specifically, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm. I think totally. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, um, you know, so, so that's one way which is defining those emotions. Um, do you find that when you're discussing these with the stakeholders, especially the, the, the business owners or your clients that you, you typically will talk to, is it a difficult process for them to really sit down and define like how long does this process usually take for them you know a day a week uh, or maybe longer yeah I, I think it really depends on individual mm. uh, uh, the stakeholders uh, how so-called emotionally evolved they are themselves or the designers themselves so some some designers they are very in tune with emotions right so they are able to label or identify the emotions very clearly and they are able to actually put together elements that actually create exactly that kind of emotions. But um, of course, that takes uh, years of practices mm. and um, some designer specializes in certain types of emotions. You know, it's just like your horror movie. Um, the, 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 the good directors, the, the good uh, scriptwriter who always write horror movies, they, they're really able to capture on the tension and the suspense and make people jump in their seats mm. versus the one who created romantic comedies. Uh, you know, that they mm. tend to be very different people. So there is also specialization into uh, creating emotions. Mm. That, that will take a while, but I think for a start, it really depends on how in tune you are about emotions. Mm. And many people tend to take emotions for granted. Yeah. We, th we take it that it's, oh, it's just part of us. We feel it, we feel it. We don't feel it, we don't feel it. You know. But actually, we can all learn about emotions. It's something that we can actually study, learn, mm. uh, understand it better. Uh, and actually build our vocabulary list and build our techniques in creating those emotions over time. Yeah. So, um, and and I think you 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 when you when you're talking about this when designers also being very attuned with the emotions, I think that's something that um as designers we need to consider a little bit more mm. because when we're also talking to our clients, our vocabulary or the emotion that we're trying to get our clients to you know, to, to experience is also, you know, um, very different, right? We also want them to get excited. We want them to be able to understand, to be able to comprehend. So being able to build a vocabulary, um, not just in emotions, but I think in, in, in you know, in, in, in terminologies and language is also um, quite important. I think, Jenna, you also spoke, uh, I, I think when you were talking, I think we, I, I remember the point that you, you made in uh, one of our previous conversations, um, which was, um, I think you had a discussion with um, someone else about emotions and relationships. Because relationships was something that um, my PhD topic, I've always been very interested in and the things that I've been working on. So one of the conversations that I had with uh, Angela uh, in the past was how can we look at emotions a little bit better? And I think one of the comments that uh, came up was that actually men um, are not, I wouldn't say poor, but not as as well um, uh, well versed in the emotional vocabulary. Um, so that is for the relationship side, la, right? Um, but do you think that that applies as well within design? Like, do you, do you see that 
when you're looking in the design world that um, the females uh, as compared to the males are a little bit more well-versed in that emotional vocabulary, in that communication of emotions or identifying the experiences. Do you, do you see that um, happening as well in the design field, not just in relationships? So I actually think that, you know, men are not so well-versed in expression, expressing their emotion is a social construct. It is because for, for many years, men has been kind of expected socially to behave in a certain manner, like mm. don't show emotion, be strong, be the provider, mm. you know. So they have been kind of conditioned into that role and kind of avoid dealing with emotions or even learning the emotional vocabulary. But then interestingly, if you look at the art scene or the design designers, right? I mean, I also dealt in the art scenes, mm. uh, you know, with the artists before. And you notice that the men don't are not really your your you know your standard or not your your uh, socially constructed kind mm. of men because people in the art scene maybe you know they have to learn the art of expression so they become more expressive the designers some of the designers as well you know especially if they come from uh, artist musician um, background they tend to be more expressive with their emotions mm. so in the design field. I actually, I think the, the, the outcome is quite obvious because I don't see the differences between the guys, the boys or the girls mm. or the men versus the women designer. What I see really is the one who is able to actually express their emotions better mm. tend to be a better designer, mm. tend to be able to bring out, you know, the elements of the emotions that they want to evoke better. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, not necessarily... So, so, I mean, I think... Yeah, I mean, just based on my experience as well, you know, the within the design field, um, maybe it's a, a work hazard, la, some may say, right? To be quite um, emotional. There's, there's, a, there's some stereotypes to say that, you know, designers cannot let go of their designs. They get very emotionally attached to their design out mm-hmm. to design work, which is which goes against a little bit of that design thinking, um, you know, ideology of being ha- being iterative and you know not putting too much emotion on the work itself. But but yeah yeah, I, I do agree that that a lot of designers um, that we've seen sometimes. Um, you know, are, are, are quite quite emotional. Uh, okay, not sorry. The, not, the word is not emotion. Not say emotional, but uh, in tune Emotion, with yeah. In tune to in their tune emotions. In tune to their emotions. Yeah. So they they they. I I, I think that you know we are also. I think a, a key value that most designers have is is also being able to empathize with people. Like, I think that's a very core. Yeah. Um, a core skill that most designers have to say that you know I need to empathize with the, my client or my user at the end of the day and you know if I'm able to do that then I'm also able to um, create these better outcomes la. yeah yeah and True. I think you know um, so I guess the question I actually have is you know when 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 you look at these uh, at designers right the difference is say are you more emotionally um, inclined like, like are you, uh, you do you have a wider emotional uh, vocabulary uh, and range of emotions to somebody who may not have that range of emotions do we see have you do you see the extreme end you know where people or designers are you know where we can categorize them as very emotional you know do you think that 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 uh, that is a positive or do you think that's a negative or, or you know that doesn't really matter in that sense so I, I believe that actually um, so there are different different levels mm. of understanding this. So I, first, I believe that everybody actually has the same range of emotions. 
uh, we are kind of born with it. It's our nature. Mm. But we are we learn to express them differently because uh, all of us have different upbringings. Our parents have different sentiments, personalities, mm. and all that. So that has an impact on us. So we express them differently. So we don't have the same form of expression. So when we when you talk about a person, a designer being extremely emotional, mm. um, then that's another level of what we call emotional management skills, mm. right? So I see, I see. this emotion, this very emotional designer, is is it allowing his or her emotions to affect or impact his work or her work in a negative or positive way? Mm. Because people can get so drowned i mean not just designers mm-hmm. i mean all, all of us right can be so overwhelmed with emotions that actually impacted uh, our life our mm-hmm. day-to-day our work uh, even going to work getting our bed going to work mm-hmm. um, but we can also actually turn the, the better designers or the better um, artists i would even say they will be able to leverage on the emotions or the empathy that they feel and turn it into into work of designs, work of mm. art, or work of innovation. So then I would say that they have actually used the emotion well. Mm. Um, mm. So I think there is also part of nature and nurture. Mm. The, the nature is that we all have the same range of emotion. The nurture is then the skills of managing that and the mm. techniques of actually using that energy to actually put it into some form of expression that, that benefit, you know, the... the bigger general public yeah. yeah i mean so 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 to to i mean i think from this we we can see that there's there's two we need to be also very clear like right we say that one is the emotional management to say that how yes. does a person manage their own emotions but there's also the other aspect which is the understanding of those emotions so to say that oh actually what i'm feeling today is not just down but what i'm feeling or what i want the person to feel is to um you know it's not just a positive feeling but it's um you know it's a feeling of joy or satisfaction mm. um or you know if it's an emotional negative feeling then it's you know is it sadness is it disappointment and so on and so forth so it's about yeah. that 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 vocabulary no, number one is to say that okay does the person have that ability to define these emotions so it's about the defining and then yes. for themselves also is that about that management of that that, that emotion yeah. as well it's also so, yeah for the designers, I, I believe designers have dual role. Mm. So most of us, uh, if we are not in, we, we, we kind of don't, um, most depends on your job. Let's say if you're an accountant, you just need to kind of tabulate numbers and make sure that the numbers tally at the, in the accounts. You don't really have to deal with so much um, human emotions, right? Mm. So you just need to self-manage your own emotions. But I think designers um, have dual role. In the sense that first they have to motivate themselves as designers, and then they need to actually understand emotions to be able to design mm-hmm. for the target audience or for the consumers, um, so that whatever they design is taken in by the consumer on or the target audience in the way that they have designated the design to be. Mm-hmm. So, so the the designers had this role of self-management but also they need to know the technique of being able to manipulate in a way manipulate mm. and deliver the mm. emotions yeah. in, in, in the appropriate manner yeah, yeah. so actually when I, I think this is a very very clear train of thought and a, a very clear school of thought which is I, I think um, a lot of people typically you know when it comes to a business aspect you know sometimes emotions or experiences 
are being played down because you know it's very hard to um it's 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 not a clear reflection of um uh, numbers or or you know or, or or you know profit and loss and things like that but yeah. but it's actually um a very important foundation before we even look at some of these things. Uh. Um, but yeah, I wanted to sort of uh, ask you, so we've talked about this, you know, the, 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 the designer's journey, their emotions and so on and so forth. But I also wanted to ask, um, you know, when, um, I think the, the types of designers that we're discussing is, you know, maybe people who've been, you know, trained as uh, in the poly level or in school of art, design, they go to uni, they work for a few years, you know. Um, this vocabulary is, um, they may not be super um, um, uh, super defined for them but but they I think they will definitely know and they have some experiences with you know the word uh, the terms of experience and emotions uh, and you know in in some cases of communications then it's about brand and so on and so forth so they they are, I think most designers will have been exposed to it to a certain extent um, but from 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 your experience um, now when when teaching a lot of these uh, adult learners right um and I would imagine some of them do come from the backgrounds like you know you're talking about like accountancy maybe they come from a finance background maybe they come from a service background or engineering yeah. background and they're learning about these things um how how are they dealing do you do you see a difference in terms of how they deal with it do, are there is it easy for them as well or is it um you know a little bit more difficult um for 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 people who have not been previously trained in design but they're learning design thinking or they're learning ux at a later stage yeah i think a lot of times um in order to make them understand how emotions actually is very important in design right I actually leverage on their life experiences mm. because for the adults learner, they have a wealth of uh, life experiences and they've been through stuff. Mm. Right? So they've been through good times, they've been through bad times. So they have gone through all this to actually experience the range of emotions. Mm. Um, but then again, sometimes they may not realize that mm. um, there was a way to articulate it. So it is quite interesting when I interact with them that I also see the differences between those who are more in tune with the emotions, those who had the vocabulary list versus those who actually really struggle to identify and label their emotions. But they all had the same understanding that, oh, okay, this is, this is how design of emotions uh, works. And, you know, this is why I'm having all these experiences in my life and uh, what and during certain times in my life, how my emotions actually affect or impact those experiences. Mm. So I think the parallel is definitely there. It's, it's easy for them to understand as adults learner, but the path to develop their skill, I think is no different from the undergrads mm. actually. It is still about um, reading more, you know, reading more books to understand or developing um, the, the emotion vocabulary list. Yeah, so I think one skill that I think a lot of designers um, of any age, of any background, um, it's really about building that voc emotional vocabulary, right? I think that's yeah. something the, that's a that's a very big, big important aspect. So we we've talked about quite a bit about um design thinking, uh, applying emotions into it, uh, looking at uh, it from a I, I would say more of a corporate, professional level. Um, but I also know that you you've been looking at emotions uh in other fields, right? So you you recently last year, uh, published a children's book on emotions. Maybe do you want to share yeah. a little bit more about that? 
Yeah, you wanna should I share screen? With yeah, yeah, you? yeah. Please, please, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Share screen, share screen. Yeah, okay, you can, you can see. So, um, yeah. So you see my book, right? Yes, yes. I have, I have. Yeah. Um, I it's just that uh, I I I've I've left. Uh, it's currently in the the office, and uh, I can't I can't bring it back home because, uh, now in lockdown. Um, but yeah. Uh, for those who are listening, just the audio. So basically, Angela is showing us uh the book, which is uh, what yeah. colors are you feeling, um, and also uh, it was um you know there 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 and this was Angela's book that she published last year, and you can buy it from Amazon. Uh, yes. yes. Uh, yeah. Amazon, I, Amazon. There is another local Singapore website called Chalk and Chakras. They uh, carry my books as well. Yeah. Um, the School of Positive Psychology also carries this book. Mm, yeah. So yeah. Um, I will put, at the moment, there's yeah. three three places. Yeah. yeah. I will put the the link to the book in the descriptions. Uh, but yeah, Angela, why don't you you for those who are watching on YouTube, why not we can we can see what the book is and then uh, maybe you can yeah. show us a little bit about that. So, um, from my experiences um, dealing with consumer behavior, behavior and studying behavioral science, um, what got me really intrigued and uh, I really want to specialize in is actually the emotions part. So, I actually a few years ago, about six years ago, I started a, a new learning journey to embark on studying psychology. Mm. And, and even within the field of psychology, it is so big and so broad, yeah. right? I actually specialize in what we call positive psychology. Mm. So positive psychology is not your clinical psychology. It is not to treat mental illness, but um, it is actually to bring about more well-being um, uh, to kind of like general healthy average people mm. who also kind of have our challenges, have our down days, have our days that we're all struggling like right now during this COVID-19 period, right? Mm. So positive psychology, it is actually the study of well-being and how um, how we can use certain interventions to enhance people's well-being. And because of my background, I'm I my focus, my thesis actually then is on, on emotions, mm. like how we actually use emotions to bring about more well-being um, for ourselves instead of um, just focusing always on the external world of, you know, more material uh, achievements to make us happier, but actually go inwards to actually uncover and understand our emotions and use that to our advantage to make us feel more fulfilled, more uh, happy, you know, more satisfied with life. So um, that's, that journey started six years ago mm. and the idea of the book started then as well. Mm. Um, it, so it's a long journey and um, I wrote the book when I was in London um, at summer, uh, Middlesex University doing a summer course on psychology. Mm. But then I didn't meet the right illustrator until two years ago. So uh-huh. Meizi, uh, who illustrated this book for me, is actually one of my students, oh, okay. uh, one of my design students, yeah, yeah uh, who is very talented mm. with illustration. So after she has graduated, she she I I happened to show her what I've written. Then she said, "Oh, um, this is uh, interesting," and she offered to illustrate. Um, for me so I worked with her it was a slow process uh, it took two years mm. because uh, she's working I'm working we each have our full-time job and we kind of really take our time at it because we want this to be a good product something that is meaningful mm. rather than just something that you know we rush it out um, the, within a certain time frame 
So finally, it was launched yeah, in November last year. Mm. Um, it's called What Colors Are You Feeling? Inside the book, there are um, actually six sections. Each section represents a different color, but each color does not represent only one emotion. Mm. Okay, so this is something I have to clarify. So yeah. one color doesn't really represent one emotion, but it actually kind of represents a range of different emotions. And um, like like yellow stands for joy, but um, when you get too much joy, you're always constantly seeking for joy. You tend to get burnt as well, like sunburned, mm. you know. So there's always the, the shadow side of each emotions and mm. not all negative emotions are bad as well. Mm. So there's always a positive side um, of certain emotions because all emotions are important. They are signals to actually kind of guide us um, to kind of move forward to in our life in a more positive way. Mm. But a lot of times, all these signals are kind of ignored or misread. Mm. So the idea of this book is to actually kind of like start with the step one, the very fundamental to get people to actually start building that emotional vocabulary mm. based on the six um, different uh, groups of um, main category of emotions. So we have joy, we have sadness, fear, um, uh, guilt, uh, we have uh, jealousy, and we have, I forgot one more, <laughs> uh, uh, joy, sadness, sadness, um, sadness. Guilt, guilt, jealousy, jealousy. Uh, fear, and, oh, and, and anger. anger, yes, yeah, anger. anger. Yes. Mm. Yeah, so we have six categories of emotions. We get people to start building that emotional vocabulary there. And within each section, I've also placed what we call positive psychology interventions within mm. the book. And these interventions are actually interesting activities that help people to kind of build up their so-called feel-good feelings. Mm. So we have like happiness bank where people can kind of store and put up their happy moments mm. so that they can look at it and feel like, oh, I've got actually a wealth um, in my life that I may have sometimes, you know, forgot about it. Then we have gratitude because mm. gratitude is really a very powerful intervention if we do it on a regular basis. It helps us to be more resourceful uh, and especially during difficult times like COVID-19, right? Mm. Being able to have gratitude for basic and simple things really helps to make life much easier. Mm. Then there's also mindfulness activity, a simple guide to t um, play, let people play along while they breathe in and breathe out slowly. And then there are strength spotting activity and um, there's also a one kind act a day. So all this good, you know, when you practice one kind act, it actually brings up a lot more of positive emotions mm. um, to actually kind of counter or over help the people to overcome their negative emotions. Yeah. And there's also, um, finally, the last activity is a forgiveness letter. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I think uh, it's very hard to um, uh, move away from... Uh, I think your design, your design background, because even when I when when we talk about this this your 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 book, which is targeted at um, it was targeted at primary primary school children or younger, is it? Or yeah, it's actually targeted at um kids who has the ability to actually start spelling okay, <laughs> spelling okay. words. Yeah. So at least seven years, but mm. I've seen kids, you know, genius kids these days, mm. as young as as young as five or six years old, they have actually started um using my book. 
Um, so uh, yeah, as long as the kids can actually start uh, spelling like happy or sad, you know, that's a good time to actually start using this book with them. And even if they can't uh, spell the words or come up with the words, there are the other positive uh, psychology interventions yeah. like the mindfulness game yeah. that can be played by kids of any age, yeah. you know, like three years old onwards mm. or four years old, if they can to get breathe in, breathe out, simple activities like that yeah. can be actually enjoyed by by them. But more, more importantly, what I um, hope to achieve is that this is a book for parents and kids to enjoy together. Mm. So also for the adults, for the parents to actually kind of build their own emotion vocabulary because mm. it's not just the kids, right? I mean, kids learn very fast, but it's adults. We are actually also struggling mm. with labeling our emotions. So I was hoping that this book can actually bring the adults and kids together mm. um, to kind of spend more parent and kids bonding time mm. and also to actually then develop the emotion vocabulary together as a family. Yeah, and you've already done um some workshops with this particular book, right? You've 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 already gone out to. Uh, uh, yeah. I've done some book talks mm. and some simple activities during those book talks. The workshop originally was supposed to, uh, uh launch in March, mm. but because of COVID nineteen, yeah. now it's been postponed yeah, yeah 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 but i mean so far with the experiences especially because i mean when i think about this particular book yes it's targeted at 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 you know the the younger you know seven when they start learning how to spell but even when you're talking about this you know understanding the vocabulary and you're also talking about um this whole idea that you know there are interventions right like like mm. we identify that there may be a, a lack in terms of understanding the gratitude or um uh, a lack in terms of the emotional management um, and then there is breathing exercises or other exercises that you have, right? So, you know, I, I even imagine that this actually can, could be something that, um, you know, adults uh, could be working on in terms of that wellness, yeah. right? Uh, and not just for yeah. parents. Um, yeah, totally. So, so yeah, it's, would, it's yeah. actually for everyone. Yeah. 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 So, so, I mean, um, you know, I think that, that, that sounds like a, a very good initiative, you know. Um, you know, I, I'm sure you can, you, you will be able to create a, uh, um, an online tool, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, you know, uh, COVID doesn't, the circuit breaker doesn't extend, but if it does, then, you know, may, we may have to uh, try maybe more digital options. Like I think now yeah, yeah. we're True. seeing quite yeah, a lot Yeah, that's what that, we are working yeah. on now hmm. as well. To actually, um, the workshops can't originally designed for in-classroom. Hmm. So now we can't do that anymore. We are going to bring um, the the lessons on emotions and the workshops online yeah, yeah. yeah. so that more people can enjoy yeah, hopefully yeah. hopefully it will get done sooner <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> but hopefully, yeah, yeah. We, again I think we we want to focus on doing it right and yeah. doing it well mm. instead of rushing it um, we're not opportunistic I'm not opportunistic about this yeah. project yeah, yeah yeah but but it's, 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 it's really interesting to see how your pet project you know um, on the site, you know, which is which is this book that is for understanding on on a wellness aspect, la. I wouldn't say it's yeah. just for kids, but a general wellness aspect of emotions and understanding the emotions, and how also your professional world actually comes very closely to each other, you know, and how they work work very well with with each other from in, from a methodological perspective, from a theoretical perspective. Um, so I, I, I'm actually you know uh you know quite quite uh, inspired to see that you know um you know people can take their professional world 
um, and their professional skills and look at applying it for um, a, a better world in that sense to say that, okay, we need to um, create you know, more wellness for people, for them to understand themselves better, to create, um, you know, to look at their lives a little bit better and, 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 and define what's good or happiness for them. So, so it's, it's, it's quite inspiring, inspiring to see how you've been able to apply that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. So. I mean. So. Yeah. I will put the links to uh, Angela's book. Uh. In the description. Uh. And then you can definitely look at look at that. So. Um. So. I want to just um. Uh. Uh. You know. Thank Angela for her time. Um. I think Angela's really shared quite a lot, especially about you know her how she applies, or helps to seek. Uh, help help people and designers and stakeholders and students to understand emotions better, especially from a vo- emotional vocabulary as well as from a from an emotional management perspective. And also, it's good to see how her book uh, is also tying in this idea of understanding emotions. Um, but before we go, uh, An- Angela, is there anything else that you maybe want to share with the speakers or any any uh, any thoughts or any maybe tips that you can sort of give, especially in this time of COVID, on how uh, maybe uh, you know what's one thing that we could do to uh, on our own in our own homes to maybe improve our own um, uh, emotional uh, uh, emotional uh, vocabulary or even emotional uh, management. I think um, this COVID time is actually the best time to for us to actually kind of develop and practice this emotional awareness skills, mm. right? Because many people are kind of stuck at home, feeling frustrated, and parents with kids running around have to work from home and have to um, manage the kids' home-based learning, uh, feeling very mm. stressed out. So there will be a lot of intense emotions mm. coming up during this period of time. And I always say that, you know, challenging times are always the best time to learn. Mm. So, you know, use this, um, to, I agree with you, use this uh, period to really, really actually de- um, develop your emotional vocabulary. And I have a very, very simple five steps that I've developed mm. to actually help people to kind of develop this emotion vocabulary during oh. this uh, um, stressful time. Mm. So the step one is, you know, whenever there's an intense emotion coming up, say, you know, you really re- want to, you feel very angry, you're about to scream at your kid. So first step is to take a few deep breaths. Yeah. <laughs> so take a few slow, deep breaths, calm yourself down. And then the second step is to identify and label the emotion that come up. Like, what is that emotion? Focus on the what and not the why. Don't go like, oh, why he must spill the soya sauce, blah, blah, blah. You know, but instead go like, what is this emotion that I'm feeling? Okay, I'm feeling annoyed. Um, I'm feeling troubled because I now have to do extra work cleaning it up. Okay, let's not go to the why, but more on labeling the emotions. Then repeat this. The third steps and the fourth steps is basically ask yourself again. Um, what other emotions are there? What else am I feeling? So you try, you, you are trying to actually, during this very intense emotional period, to get three emotional vocabulary out of you. Mm. And this is where the magic starts. Huh? Mm. So by, this is step four. By the time you got three emotional vocabulary out of yourself, this is how I feel. Mm. You will, the fifth step is actually feel where the emotion is coming from. Is it coming from which part of your body? Is it coming from the mm. stomach, the chest, the throat, where, whichever part of the body, right? And then kind of just give it a soothing pat or rub. 
And usually the magic here is that by the third vocabulary that comes up, you will actually feel more relaxed. Mm. The intensity of the emotions will actually be toned down. Mm. So this is the, the five steps process that yeah. I'm sharing with everyone. Yeah. To actually at the same time to kind of keep yourself calm uh, so that you don't react with emotions, but rather you get a space to kind of process and re- respond with emotions. And at the same time, develop three emotional vocabulary every time you feel the intense emotions, mm. right? So, yeah. 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 No, so I think very true. I mean, um before you uh shout your child, um before you start trolling people on the internet or before you yeah. write a very long uh response to something that you disagree on the internet, you know, I think um yeah. <laughs> understanding and defining those emotions are um you know, uh, very good. I mean, it may even help you to write a better response to somebody that you 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 want to disagree with or agree with on the internet. Um and you know I think yeah I definitely agree with Angela in in terms of how um you know our emotions actually play a part in 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 much more than we typically give give it give it credit for um yeah. you know I think I think something um it's it, it, our emotions are something that uh, a lot of people may or may not may not be very in tune with and I think that's something you know especially in this co- time of COVID it's you know and especially you're stuck at home you know nowhere to go you know you're not going to go shopping you're not going to go to the beach you're not going to go um, you know running around um, you're not going to go uh, dating uh, it's it's good to really sort of and I think you know and yeah you know there's positive emotions you know emotions of guilt uh, oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah yeah thank you for sharing that yeah the five steps so yeah so looking at it you know take a deep breath identify the name and emotion uh, ask what am i feeling uh, what are other emotions i'm feeling so defining that three emotions right and then yeah. where the emotions are feeling uh, coming from from a physical aspect so you're you're translating not just that um uh you're translating not just that 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 um that uh unconscious like you're you're trying to make it that the emotion a bit more tangible as well right with that yes yeah, yeah. With, with by, by yeah. Looking at and usually when we are able to identify the emotions we are able to manage it better mm. so this this exercise can serve dual purpose one is for us to kind of really process emotion and be able to respond better yeah. and not in a in a in a rash manner that we may regret later yeah. and the other one is really helps us to really develop that emotional vocabulary because mm. sometimes during this process you'll be like ah i i don't know how to name this emotion mm. what is this what should i call it so just stay curious and after that do some research and try to add identify the words that mm. describe your feeling so yeah. you realize that you actually learn along the way yeah. and pick up some new words okay well i think that's a very very good note to to end off on i think this is uh you know we'll leave this slide up for now um but yeah i mean i think for from from what we can see you know it's 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 very simple steps that anybody can take um and you know i think this is uh want to thank uh, angela for for sharing this with us um so if you if you're watching the video you can always uh, go back to the the screen a few uh, a, f- a few seconds ago and you maybe screenshot it um you know but but yeah um i will definitely sh- um you know be 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 sharing the the details of angela's book 
Um, and you know, I, I really want to thank Angela for coming on today with the Everything Design Show and really talking about how design and or emotions really plays a part in, in, in all the things that we are, we're, we're doing from a professional to even uh, a, men, uh, a, a, a individual, you know, psychological perspective. Um, so yeah, I want to thank, thank you very much, Angela, for your time today. Um, and yeah, um, if you want to connect with Angela, please feel free to find her, um, you know, details you know in the description below as well as the description for the book so yeah uh, we'll end off here and uh, thank you very much Angela for your time and, thank you uh, Nate thank yeah, you no, very thank much you thank you everyone yeah and we'll hear from you soon alright okay, see you thank you bye bye bye